Hello and welcome to episode number 26 of Prosperity by the Pint. I am your host, Bryce Carter, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, and certified investment management analyst and self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is the podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success all while having a cold beer. This week's episode, I am drinking from Shorts Brewery. If you are familiar with Shorts Brew, you're lucky this... Uh, they make phenomenal beer. That I think I don't think they sell outside of Michigan yet, uh, and I, I think they made a commitment not to. It's out of Elk Rapids, Michigan, which is very far north, uh, and it is the Shorts Brew Pan-Galactic Gargle Blaster Belgian-style double IPA. That's a mouthful there. We're going to give it a try. And while I'm pouring, which my, uh, my, my lovely recording assistant, Allie, always makes comments on how I pour it uh, too quickly and end up with foam on the table. Look at that pour. Well done. Uh, this week's episode, we're going to talk about premarital financial steps. So you're thinking about getting married, you got engaged, and what sort of steps you should be taking. Now, I'm not going to address in this one later in life second marriages because that's a whole nother topic altogether. So let's just pretend it's your first marriage and you're blissfully in love and there's no concerns about, um, you know, uh, money from previous marriages and uh, uh, multiple different families coming together. Let's just assume happy newlywed couple. And what kind of steps should you take prior to getting married and right after getting married? But let's give this beer a try in the, in the meantime. Wow. Wow. Ah. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> that's uh that's got a lot going on. I I mean that's a that's a that's a dinner in a glass right there. That's that's a lot. It's it's kind of it's kind of sour, uh which I'm not I'm not a big fan of sour beers. I usually like IPAs. I don't know. Maybe it's a Belgian in it, but we'll keep trying it. We'll see how things go. So congrats. You're getting married. What should you be thinking about financially? So the thing to really remember with this is that You've got to get to know your spouse's or potential spouse's finances. You've got to kind of sit down and put all your cards on the table and start to understand each other's finances as soon as you've made that commitment. So you need to understand assets, liabilities, meaning what do they carry in their bank accounts and what kind of debts do they have? Student loan debt, mortgage debt, credit card debt, all the debts, all the, all the debts. You got to understand them. You just got to open things up. Um, you should know each other's credit scores or have an idea what their credit score looks like. Um, how many accounts do they have? Uh, and what are their personal expenses, right? So if they, maybe they have recurring medical expenses that, that you have to plan for in your budget or, or, or maybe there's, uh, uh, I know that how much it costs to get hair done was a shock to me when I first got engaged and then married. It's like, I, I can get a year's worth of haircuts in, but granted, I'm not working with much um, up top there. I can get a year's worth of haircuts in for one, 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 one. I don't think they even call it a, the, the females call it a haircut. They call it like hair done. <laughs> and so there's there's personal expenses that you need to understand about each other, and you need to build that in the budget. Now, one thing I'm going to say here is I have almost never, maybe one or two couples, and I've worked with hundreds of families on their personal finances. Only one or two couples that I've worked with that keep kind of separate finances are actually pretty healthy financially as far as their budgeting and debts are concerned. What I mean by that is is uh, maybe when you were living together as boyfriend and girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever floats your boat, it was 
you know, I have my income, you have uh, your income, we split the rent, you cover the consumer's bill or the energy bill, and I'll cover the, the renter's insurance, et cetera, as instead of putting money into a pot. That, that method, in my opinion, where you cover this, you cover that, and then all the rest of the money is just kind of left over, and you can do what you want with yours, and you can do what you want with yours, does not work, in my opinion. It doesn't work. I, like I said, I've only seen one or two times where couples have been able to pull off that type of financial structure. It works best if, for married couples if finances are joint and you handle it like a team. Uh, because that's what you are. So there's no his and her money or his and his money or whatever floats your boat. It's just your marital money. And you use it to accomplish your your, your goals and your objectives together and get through this, the, you know, the, the chaos that is life together, right? So I'm going to give this, this beer another try. All right, so I, I could do this. It's not my favorite by any means it's just it's just potent i don't know what's going on there but uh i i would need this beer with food it's, i can't just sit if i was eating like some chips and salsa maybe some really spicy salsa that would that would nuke it out but the pan galactic gargle blaster is not for me so this his and her money thing again i don't think it works i think it has to be your money as a team so you should already probably have a pretty good idea if you're getting married uh, that your spouse is either a spender or a saver, right? And you probably know if you're going to be honest with yourself whether you're a spender or a saver. Um, if you're both spenders and you got some problems you need to talk about, uh, if you're both savers, that's great. I like seeing couples really put one person kind of in charge of being the budget czar and tracking the day-to-day expenses, but meeting and talking and blocking out time together regularly to go over the budget and go over goals and how that they're going to accomplish them. I just think when it comes to inputting transactions into your budget spreadsheet or whatever, however you track that, it, it's, it can be tedious for both spouses to, to, to be able to do that. So one person's the budget czar and maybe you take turns doing it, um, but you got to work together as a team and meet together on it. So the first step would be to really look at establishing a budget and not a budget that encompasses everything to start, but a budget of your regular, your fixed expenses. What are your, what's your groceries? What's your insurance? What's your house payment? All those kind of things. And then, and then once you get the the budget kind of roughed in, you can fill out the budget once you start talking about goals and expenses. For instance, if a goal is to get out of student loan debt and you're both in student loan debt, you need to first build the budget and learn how much you can apply towards student loan debt to be able to get out of it in the time that you want. Um, You need an emergency fund. So you've got a budget for how much we're going to be putting into our emergency fund, which again, if you listen to some of my the other episodes that we have, I'm not sure which which episode number it is on uh, on emergency funds, but it's probably one of the great ones. I don't know. Um, you're looking at probably three to six months of your expenses should be in an emergency fund, just a savings account type of vehicle. So you've got to look at how much can we save to get to that point. How much should you be saving for retirement and where? So if one spouse has a, a 401k and the employer has a phenomenal match of 10% and the other spouse has no 401k or a 401k with no match, make sure you do the 10% and the one before you worry about trying to do both, right? So looking at those things and not just how much, but where you should be saving them at. Um, 
you know, and then setting goals for things like where you want to live. Uh, a lot of times you get married, you want to move, you want a bigger house, you want more room, you want to start a family. These are all things that require financial uh, conversations, whether, you, whether you're going to be saving for the home now or you're going to prioritize paying off student loan debt. Those are things that you need to be talking about. So before you start really hammering all of these things out, just start with the basics. Start to get to know each other's budgets uh, and finances. Um, open joint accounts. Uh, eliminate all the crap accounts that you don't need anymore. And start start talking finances. Start building a budget. Get to know each other's money situations. But then there's a couple other things that you need to do. So you got the budget. You got the goals. You got the plan. You're starting to lay it out. You're doing a great job. You need life insurance. Nearly every single couple that is married needs to have life insurance on each other because you are financially committed to each other essentially from the, day, the, the when you start to the day you die. So you're going to need some life insurance. It's if you're starting young, it's really inexpensive. Just get it. Just buy just buy some term. That's that's all I can say there. Just you know, we have a whole episode on life insurance. I shouldn't need to tell you this, but you have a financial commitment and responsibility to your family to make sure that somebody's not paying your funeral bill with uh, spaghetti dinner donations, right? So just get the damn life insurance. Uh, consolidate accounts. So really all you need is a husband and wife, married couple, is one checking account and one savings account and one or two credit cards. Uh, be careful on the credit cards. Those cover- credit cards are paid off every single month. But you don't need the JCPenney card, the Macy card, the Sears card, the Walmart card, et cetera, et cetera. You need one or two cards. For instance, my wife has to travel for work. We have a, uh, we have a, a, a Delta Sky Miles card um, that we use only for that. And then we have an Amazon card that we use for Amazon purchases and gas. That's it. Pay it off every single month. Now, that's the way that I do it. And I've worked with hundreds of couples, and I find that the more accounts they have, the more uh, the easier it is to rack up unnecessary debts and obligations. So uh, consolidate the accounts, get joint accounts, and everybody has access to everything. You and your, you and your spouse should both be able to see all the accounts. Uh, you're going to need to look at combining insurance agents. So likely you have a car, maybe uh, your, your spouse has a car, spouse-to-be, so you probably each have your own insurance agent, insurance policy, you're married, now you're going to combine. you got to decide who's who which agent you're going to keep and how you're going to handle that um and maybe maybe this is a good opportunity to reprice your 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 situation there um the same thing of homeowners so if you lived independently before you were uh, getting getting married now you're going to need one homeowners in policy uh your accountant likely you were both getting your taxes done prior to marriage so now you're going to be getting them done together as married filing jointly need to uh determine who your accountant's going to be and then, of course, I'm going to say this, of course, you need to look at hiring a financial advisor. You or or your spouse might have previously already worked with somebody or you might never have worked with somebody. But looking at getting a financial advisor really helps with all of these various different steps that I'm talking about. But if you're listening to this, you might be wanting to do it yourself. And that's fine. Just take my advice um, if, if it fits for your situation because you don't know me and I, I don't know you, likely so. You won't know whether I'm credible or not on your specific scenario if, if, if there's extenuating circumstances. So this is all to say that there's got to be a very, very open line of communication when you're looking at getting married. 
Uh, and there's got to be some steps that you take to, to combine finances and, and work together really as a team to develop your financial plan and critique these things. And I, there's probably somebody listening to this that's been married for years that's never really sat down and went over their, their spouse's credit score or uh, how they're spending money or established a budget or bought life insurance on each other. And so this is a good reminder to just just get it done. It's it's not too late until it's too late, right? So that that's going to wrap up this week's uh, episode of Prosperity by the Pint. I, I encourage you to do these things, lay them out, set yourself up for a good, healthy financial marriage and a good, healthy financial life. Cheers. And don't forget to subscribe, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you listen, we're there. Cheers. <laughs>